Claude AI2 hit the market earlier this week, and we did a little experiment to see how we could use it. This really came from, I've got a, a friend of mine has a, a coaching group, and it's a very high-performing coaching group. And I was talking to him the other day, and he said, the reason why I think the results are so staggering in my group is because I tailor my coaching specifically to each individual using their DISC profile. And he said, it's very intensive, it's very labor intensive, but it produces really incredible results. So it's probably not scalable on a very large, to, on a very large scale, because he said it takes a lot of work to prepare for the messaging and the communication with every single person. So then yesterday I went on his mastermind and my friend is Tim Davis, the author of The Originator Guide, and he's been around for a long time, mostly known for his branding and just his uh, uh, just his brilliance. But he invited me to his mastermind yesterday. One of the folks on his mastermind, I don't have her permission, so I'm not going to out her here, but I'm, I'm hoping to have them on a future podcast to talk about this and to talk about what I discovered today and or what I'm going to talk about today. And one of the things that she did is she had a, she got an email from a client, from a, a real estate agent client. And she knew, she's very familiar with the DISC profiling system. And I'm not, I, I want to make that perfectly clear. Uh, I have a DISC report. We're going to use my DISC report here in this experiment to learn some ways to communicate and motivate me based off of my DISC, my DISC assessment but they understand disc. So she knew that the, the disc profile of this particular person. So she used chat GPT and she said, help me write an email, respond using this disc profile. And so chat GPT used that disc profile in order to word the response. And with her knowledge uh, and experience with the disc assessment, she really liked it and said that it, it hit the tones and things like that. So me not knowing that much about the DISC profiler, the DISC assessment model, I know some things about it, but like these guys are next level, like rocket scientists when it comes to understanding people's behaviors and motivations and things like that based on their disc. So I went to ChatGPT and I asked it if you if it could apply the DISC assessment model to help me identify what the disc profile was from somebody by adding in there, by giving them information about that person. So my thought process was, what if I go, um, what if I go to LinkedIn and I grab a real estate agent's about section or an article that they wrote? Can ChatGPT tell me what their disk profile is and the best way to communicate with them? ChatGPT came back and it said it cannot access disk and it and it can't use it. It can't use the disk assessment to profile people is essentially what it told me. And I don't have screenshots here, but it, it said no. Uh, so then I was reading about Claude.ai 
And, and so today's experiment is going to be using this AI, and I'll tell you why this might work for this or why this did work, but I'm going to use Claude.ai and my disk profile to find and focus on my superpowers and the genius zone of others, of yourself and others. So this was a really fun experiment, and I'm hoping that I'd love to get your feedback on it, and I'd like to see what you can do with this as well. So my goal with all of these podcasts, especially when we're diving into this AI stuff, listen, I don't know this AI stuff. I just, I am me and I approach it a specific way. So I'm going to approach it differently than way the way you're going to approach it. So I'm not telling you how to use AI here. My goal is always to teach you how to fish. I'm not just handing you a bucket of fish and saying, here, eat, use this strategy, do this tool, follow my instructions. I'm not really ever doing that. I'm showing you my experiments in real time. So every time I do one of these podcasts, I have an intention and I know what I want to do. But I don't know where it's going to lead me. I just play with it and I experiment with it and I see where it's going to go. And so that's what you're going to see here. And this was just an experiment that I did. So my job really with these podcasts is to empower you and to help demystify the process of using AI and give you the confidence to create anything that you can imagine by understanding how it can be used, by observing how I use it and then you can use the same basic principles or approach to get your own results. So Claude 2 was introduced this week. It was, I think it was July 11th. It's the 17th now, so about a week ago. And Claude 2 is made available to the public. Claude 1 wasn't necessarily made available to the public. Now, from what I understand, and I don't understand a lot of this, of where it came from, but I'll talk a little bit more. I actually asked Claude, who are you and why do you exist? <laughs> let's actually talk about, let's go there. So the first, I had two questions. Are you connected to the internet and what's your purpose? Why are you here? So I asked it, are you connected to the internet? And it says, no, I do not have a live internet connection. I'm an AI assisted by Anthropic. Anthropic is the company and I'm created to be helpful, harmless, and honest through my natural language conversations. I don't have the ability to look up real data, and I tested that. The first question I asked it is what 30-year, what the interest rates on a 30-year mortgage are today, and it said, I have no idea. Oh, this is pretty small. Let me blow this up so maybe you can read it a little bit better. So Anthropic was actually created by seven high-level people at OpenAI who invented ChatGPT. So they they left OpenAI and they wanted to create an AI platform that is that is is safe, harmless, and honest. Now. I don't have time to go into what my thoughts are on ethics and AI and things like that. I I have a lot of thoughts on those and I would love to engage in a conversation, a really deep philosophical and ethical conversation about this. But my basic thought process is you can't change man's heart. Only man can change man's heart. And it's our heart 
we approach these things with our heart. The internet, is it harmless? People put things up. You can take something that somebody put up to try to help somebody and somebody can use it as evil against somebody else. So I don't think you can design an algorithm to keep people safe, but that's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother topic for another day. But essentially that's what they're trying to do. That's why Anthropic exists is um, its purpose is to have friendly and engaging conversations that are helpful, harmless, and honest. I was created by Anthropic, an AI safety research company. That's what they claim to be. They're an AI safety research. So all of their products are designed to create safety in AI. Basically, they don't want AI to take over the world and destroy mankind, something like that. They want to, to demonstrate how AI assistance can be useful, trustworthy, and aligned with human values. Some of their key aspects are be helpful, give useful information, answer questions, and have thoughtful dialogues. If they don't know something, they'll try to help suggest resources, be harmless. They can't take any real world action that could cause harm. I'm software, not a physical robot. Be honest. I'm transparent that I'm AI with limitations in my knowledge, um, having conversations. So it's conversational AI, just like chat GPT. So we're going to use it that way. Uh, respecting human values. It's designed to avoid unethical, dangerous, and illegal actions that go against human values. And then improving AI, its training is really just to just to do all of these things in a helpful, harmless, and honest way. So I, I appreciate this. So it's I don't necessarily think it's possible or agree with the I'm not going to say those, and I'm not going to cut that out. I respect what they're trying to do. I just don't know if they're thinking about it the right way. But again, it's a different conversation for a different podcast. So let's use it for marketing. Let's use it for conversation. Let's use it for marketing. And let's talk about why we're going to use it for marketing. And really, it's because of Claude AI superpowers. The biggest difference between Claude and ChatGPT is it's designed for attachments. Now, you can treat it, you can talk to it just like ChatGPT. It's going to give you the same answers, the same old stuff that's on the internet, and it's going to say it in a way that sounds like like it's like it's some sort of epiphany and it sounds like it's really intelligent, but it's just all the same old data that's on the internet. It's just arranging it and presenting it to you in a natural language way so that you think it's magic, but it's not. But what is magic about Claude is it allows attachments. So you can upload up to five attachments that are 10 megabyte each. Now, that's another one of the superpowers that Claude has is it claims to be able to not only receive much, much more data input from the user than ChatGPT, but it can also output much, much more data compared to ChatGPT. Now, ChatGPT is, it can only give out a certain amount at a time, but it's starting to say, would you like to continue with the response? And then it will continue with the response. Now, I haven't tested the length of the data that Claude can output because that wasn't important to me in this experiment. This experiment was much different than that. 
but I'm sure somebody will, and I encourage you to. Now, what you can upload, it appears, is only text-based things. It won't upload images, but you can upload PDFs, texts, and CSVs. And then it says, etc. When you click the little attachment, it has a little paper clip. When you click the attachment, it'll show your downloads folder, and it'll highlight any file that you can import into Claude, and then you can interact with that document. So just that alone is absolutely phenomenal. It's think about putting in complex spreadsheets about your pipeline, or maybe your pre-approved and looking pipeline, or maybe your closed loan pipeline from the last year and trying to identify characteristics and trends in your production or your company's production. I think there's some really cool things that we can do with this, but for this experiment, I'm going to use it to, I'm going to upload my disk profile to it, similar to what my friend Tim Davis is doing in his coaching. And I'm going to try to find and focus on my superpowers and the genius zones of others. So if you're a branch manager, if you have a team and you have disk assessments on your on your team, I think Claude can help you, help you to communicate with them, help you to give them ideas on how to market their business, uh, especially in this market. So here's my experiment. So the first thing that I did now, I say disk, but I actually use two different profiles on here. And I'll talk about the other one in just a second. But this one I said is what is the, what can you tell me about the best way to communicate with Scott? That's being me from his disk profile. And then I added my disk profile and it basically says based on Scott's disk profile, here's some tips for communicating effectively. Now, if you've been on it through a disk profile or disk assessment, none of this is really groundbreaking, but it is cool. Give him time to process information and make decisions. Scott has moderate decisiveness scores, so he prefers to gather information and weigh options before acting. Don't rush him to make quick decisions. That's that's me. Okay, so that's from my disk assessment. Appeal to logic and facts. With his cautiousness scores, Scott appreciates objective data analysis and expertise when making decisions. Use reasons rather than emotion to persuade him. Again, spot on. Allow time to develop trust. With moderate interaction scores, Scott may be initially reserved with new people. Let relationships build slowly. Nailed it. Okay. Invite his opinion. Scott's moderate, moderately high interaction score suggests he enjoys contributing to the conversation. Draw him out by asking for his thoughts. Nailed it. This is what I'm doing right here. Avoid conflict with this high stabilizing uh, scores. Scott prefers harmony. Um, keep interactions uh, polite and civil. Again, this is absolutely spot on, but this is just from my disk assessment. That's why people like disk assessments, because it gives a pretty accurate perspective on somebody's motivations and how to communicate. So it basically says a key to appeal to Scott's analytical nature with structured logical communication, allow him time for decisions without undue pressure, develop trust and invite his participation while avoiding aggressive talk, uh, tactics, adapt your communication style to his needs for a thoughtful, respectful exchange of ideas. Now, is this helpful? 
yes, this is helpful if you're managing people or if you're trying to understand yourself. And I did a little experiment on this on this that I think you'll appreciate. And uh, I think this is fantastic insight. So the next thing that I did is I have coached with, I coached with Perry Marshall for several years. I think he's absolutely one of the most brilliant thinkers of our time, not only in when it comes to marketing, but just life and the things that he's doing and just living just an exemplary example of what a human being can accomplish in this lifetime. But when it comes to marketing, he's there's he's second to none. And he created a DNA profiling. It's like a disk profile, but it's how you like to market. And it's brilliant. I, I think it might be like 16 bucks or something to get it. I highly recommend that you do this. It will tell you what style of marketing that you are, that you're most likely to, to thrive in. Like me, I am a live alchemist is what my, how it comes out. And that means that I'm good, spontaneous. I never script these things out. This is just stream of consciousness for me. And I'm an alchemist or, and I'm live. I can do live. I like getting up in front of people. I can talk about things. I don't like to overanalyze stuff. I can go down rabbit holes and have paralysis of analysis. I'm good at just creating on the fly. And um, so there I'm a live alchemist. But I asked it, I said, what can you tell me about how Scott communicates his marketing message based on his marketing DNA test results? And this is very accurate. It says, Scott, based on Scott's marketing results, marketing DNA results, here's some ways that he's likely to communicate his marketing message. So how do I get my message, my value, what my product or service is out to market? He, he has strengths as an innovator wordsmith, an impromptu orator wordsmith. This means he's skilled at crafting persuasive messages through writing and speaking. He can improvise and persuade people through his words. As a sales improviser, he excels in live high-pressure sales situations where he can creatively negotiate win deals on the fly. He's flexible and innovative. That's pretty spot on. With his Steven Spielberg strength, he is driven by storytelling and expressing ideas through audiovisual mediums. Visuals, video, and metaphor appeal to him. I don't know if I really need to say more. I'm on a video, live, unscripted, talking to you about this stuff. His top likes are words, live speaking, and empathy. Nails it. He indicates, uh, this indicates that he's most comfortable persuading through real-time interaction and connecting emotionally. His top dislikes are management by numbers, historical analysis, and operations management. Data and rigid systems are less natural for him. In summary, Scott's marketing message will likely be impromptu emotionally, resonant story conveyed through flexible thinking and speaking. He excels at persuading in live improvised scenarios and making empathetic connections. Structured data is less important than raw persuasive skills. So that's really important. Wouldn't that be important to know about your team members or your salespeople, what their marketing DNA is? Like, if you're asking them to do something that goes against their marketing DNA, 
would you be surprised if the results weren't what you expected them to be or what you desired them to be? So maybe there isn't anything wrong with them or maybe right now in this market, maybe there isn't anything wrong with you. Maybe you just don't understand your marketing DNA. Maybe you don't understand how you like to communicate in a way um, combined with your marketing DNA and your disk assessment, can you see where this could really give you some valuable insight on how to identify your superpowers and your genius zone? So I asked it. I said, Scott is a loan officer in the mortgage industry. Based on his disk test and his marketing DNA test, what are some ideas for the best way for Scott to grow his business? Pretty simple question, right? So it comes back and it says, it says, here are some ideas for Scott to grow his business. Leverage speaking engagements, right? As an impromptu orator, look for opportunities to speak about home financing. So one of my superpowers, what I love to do is I love to do classes and lunch and learns for real estate agents. I love doing classes and teaching loan officers. One of my superpowers that I learned through, through Perry Marshall is that one of my superpowers is making complicated topics, easy to understand. And that's what hopefully I'm doing here is I'm able to take some of these complexities and turn this into something that you can easily understand and get excited about so that I can encourage you to explore some of these things yourself. Create compelling content. His strength as a wordsmith. Scott could write persuasive mortgage-related articles. That's interesting because in 2007, I started a consumer direct mortgage blog and I wrote two to three articles a week for 10 straight years. And today that website receives 25 to 30,000 unique uh, visitors a month. We've had almost 3 million visitors to the website since I started it. And today my business is to help other loan officers create content. I'm not going to go into a big pitch, but basically we help you get on Find My Way Home by drawing your stories out of you. And I know it's not for everybody, but for anybody who is like me, that is empathetic and does like to tell stories and who is a natural teacher, but doesn't quite know how to get through the technology, that's one of the things that I do. Focus on in-person networking with moderate interaction scores. Direct networking may be more comfortable than digital marketing. Missed it on that one. I'm I am a I am a pretty introverted recluse. I would way rather be behind a computer screen than in front of people. And I think that's my empathy thing. I get drawn in too much into other people's emotions. And so it's hard for me to have superficial interactions with people. And I actually find networking events challenging. It, it it's drains my energy and it stresses me out a little bit. So I missed it on that one. Again, this AI is never perfect, right? But it's interesting that it, it's interesting that it perceived that, but it did miss the mark on that. Tell stories. That's what I love to do. Be flexible on options as a sales improviser. I can creatively find a way to say yes, which is exactly what this is. The second opinion loan officer, my entire career, I started in the mortgage business 
by going through the turndowns of all the other loan officers in my company. And I found a way to say yes. And I more than doubled or tripled. Actually, the first year I quadrupled the volume, the sales volume of any other loan officer in my company only by working on the turndowns that the other loan officers threw in a put in a box and put in a room. I went and I grabbed those boxes. I went through them and I found solutions to the problems that they couldn't find. Have support for operations with my dislike of rigid procedures. Having staff to handle loan processing and compliance would free Scott to sell. Man, that nails it. I am so bad at management and operations and those kind of things. I just want to be in my creative zone. I just want to be out there and I want to sell and I want to educate and I want to empower people. And then partner with data-driven teammates. Surround myself with people who can, who can handle the analytics side of the business. And that's exactly what I've always tried to do. I haven't always been successful at it, but that's what I always thought I was doing is surrounding myself with somebody who could provide the structure so that I could basically go out there and cowboy my way through marketing and sales and, and just be a creator. So this is super powerful stuff other than the networking part. And quite frankly, the networking might be a superpower, but it's not something I was ever my in my introverted self would never made me comfortable enough to get good at and get comfortable at networking, even though I do enjoy one on one conversations with people, but I, I typically enjoy deeper conversations as opposed to superficial, superficial conversations. But that's probably an undiscovered superpower of mine. I know it's a weakness. So maybe that's something that somebody would work on with me if they were my manager and they had this information. So then I, this was an interesting one. I wanted to know, how do I convince Scott? Like, how do I win an argument against me? And so I asked Claude, I said, if you wanted to convince Scott of something, perhaps you're trying to win an argument against him. How would you communicate with him and persuade him to see things your way? Wouldn't that be an interesting thing to know about your people on your team, your salespeople, or maybe a real estate agent that you're trying to build a relationship with? I guess if you could get their disc profile, that would be even more helpful. But having that information about me, how would I convince Scott? And it says, here are some ways to persuade Scott in an argument using a disc profile. Appeal to his logic and reason. Allow time for him to process information. Avoid conflict and in information or an in aggression. Connect ideas to quality standards. That one I thought was really smart. Make an organized case. You can't just hit me with a bunch of unorganized stuff, a bunch of thoughts. If you lose your temper on me, I'm going to completely shut down and I'm not even going to listen to you. That's highly accurate. Invite his perspective. I enjoy a conversation. I enjoy a debate and an argument. And I'm the first person to say, I'm not on the right side of this argument. For me, it's a matter of unpacking the argument and just understanding it. And quite frankly, this is a little off topic, but all arguments and misunderstandings are just that their misunderstandings, the other person doesn't have enough information or the same information that you have. And then you have to respect their information. But most people, when they react, it's a knee jerk reaction because 
you're not expressing yourself properly, or it could be just a complete conflict in values and in ideas. But in most civil situations, it's just that they don't have enough information. So it's not that they disagree with you. They don't have enough information to, to meet you in the middle on a topic. And they may never meet you in the middle on a topic, but more information is usually necessary. So inviting somebody's perspective is always a great sales strategy. It's better than just jamming your perspective down people's throats. Use precise language. That is important to me. If you're vague and you're using just a lot of hyperbole, I lose, I, I don't communicate well that way. Present uh, credible proof. I love facts. Find areas of agreement. Now, this is just good advice for all relationships, but this tailored to me based on my disc profile, I thought was really interesting. So now imagine getting the disc profile from one of your top salespeople that, listen, we all know this guy. He doesn't get along with anybody. He's a complete pain in your butt, but he produces and he's, and he or she is a high producer, makes you a lot of money, but they're incorrigible. They're just, they're hard to deal with. Now imagine that you take their disc profile, you put it into something like Claude and you say, how do I persuade this person? How do I win an argument? I think win an argument I don't mean you want to win an argument. How do I communicate with this person so that we don't create an argument? And I use that wording specifically because I wanted to see what kind of result it would give. But I'm not saying that you're in an argument with somebody, um, but I wanted to word it that way to see what kind of results I could get. Now, this one was interesting, and I'm not going to actually read this to you because it's really long, but here's what I did. I said, I, I took a LinkedIn profile from a real estate agent that was in my market in Colorado market. As his manager, how would you suggest he communicates with this realtor to form a referral partnership? Here's the realtor's bio. This experiment, I went to LinkedIn. I found a local realtor that I thought, hey, this is somebody that maybe Scott wants to network with. So if I'm his manager, how do I encourage him to communicate with this with this real estate agent. Now, this also hinges on the ability of the real estate agent to write a good about, write a good profile, write a good about, like really share their values and their ideas. But this one I thought read really well. I don't know if it's really this person or if they use ChatGPT, which I have a great class on writing by using ChatGPT. It's a different episode, but it was good. I liked it. I liked the information that was in there. It was well-written. It seemed like it was concise. So what I did is I copied her profile, copied the real estate agent's bio from LinkedIn, and I pasted it. And I basically said, as Scott's manager, I want him to, I want to help him build a relationship with this person. Here's their profile, Scott's disc profile. How can he best communicate with this real estate agent? And this was pretty interesting. Here are some suggestions how Scott can effectively communicate with Stephanie to form a referral relationship. Make a personal connection, open with some informal rapport about Colorado and her background before getting to business. This suits Scott moderately high interactive scores. Appeal to helping people, right? That's that's spot on. Highlight how working together can better serve home buyers fulfilling the dreams of simplifying moves. This aligns with Scott's empathy. 
Focus on reliability and quality. Note that their impressive track record. Note their impressive track record and credentials. Scott respects expertise in systematic approaches. So he's basically saying, listen, her track record is speaks for itself. And for me, I'm going to appreciate somebody that's put thought and conciseness into their language, into the way that they run their business. And they extracted that from my disk profile, outlined a structured process, provide clear guidelines and expectations for referral arrangements to satisfy Scott's high cautiousness. I kind of like that. Leverage testimonials, stories of positive client experiences, empathize discreetness, assure that referral leads will be handled privately per client preferences, which Scott prefers. That's really interesting that it pulled that out. Suggest an introductory meeting, Given Scott's uh, measured pace, propose a get acqu getting acquainted in person over coffee before formalizing a partnership. Uh, be polite and friendly um, with high stabilizing scores. Scott wants cordial interactions without uh, pressure or aggression. So I guess what it's saying is if I was the manager and I knew this real estate agent, maybe I would set up a coffee with this real estate agent. I don't know if Scott would go out and I was never one to be able to dial and smile and dial and make coffee appointments. But maybe you, if in a lunch and learn situation where we were creating a, a, a lunch and learn, and that's how I got around networking is I taught classes and I taught lunch and learn. So I felt like I was providing value and I felt like the people that came there, I gave them value. So that opened the door. And so there was a personal connection there. They knew that I cared about their business before I asked them for business. And that's pretty spot on. That's how I always ran my business when I was an originator. Now, this one was interesting. I said, encourage me. I said, I'm if I'm Scott's manager and he's feeling a bit down about the industry right now, how should I communicate with him to bring his energy up and prepare him for success in this market? Does this resonate with anybody or does this resonate with everybody, right? This is a tough market. People are struggling with um, their energy levels and their enthusiasm. So if I'm Scott's manager, if I'm a manager and I have a team and they're feeling a little bit down about interest rates going up and then coming back down and then going back up a little bit, and they're just like, man, when is this ever going to end? How do I communicate with them? So here are some suggestions to motivate Scott based on his disc profile. Emphasize helping people. Remind Scott that the meaningful impact that he has on clients' lives by helping them achieve homeownership, his empathy will respond to this. Outline a clear path forward. Provide an organized step-by-step -step plan for success to satisfy his high cautiousness. Allow time to process with moderate, moderate decisive scores. Don't demand an immediate positive attitude shift. Give space. How important is that? If you me and you said, you better get your attitude in line or you're out of here. How do you think I would respond to that? I would choose the latter. I'd be out of there. I, I wouldn't respond well to that. But if you knew that I 
could get out of it. And you could just communicate that with me in a different way and give me space. And quite frankly, hey, Scott, I've got this clear plan. I think you would do really well doing lunch and learns. And we'll pay, we can do some marketing to get some agents in a room. And why don't you just share the things we know your superpower is making complicated topics to understand. We know your empathy. You love to teach and to help people. So let me get some people in a room for you to help them. And what do you think that would do to my energy level? If you were my manager, I would be like, holy cow, this person gets me. This person is helping me grow my business in a way that, that appeals to me. Focus on quality and excellence. Note times when Scott met high standards despite challenges. Review past successes. Start share inspiring stories. Like I remember <laughs> this is where I'm at in my in my spot in the industry. It's I'm like grandpa sitting on the porch saying, I remember the great crash of 2007 and you weren't born yet or you weren't in the industry yet, but this is how bad this was. And so I can talk about how I persevered and how I built a website and how I helped 25 to 30,000 unique visitors a month after 15 years. And I can create these inspiring stories if I were the manager talking to me. Suggest a mentorship. Having a trusted advisor with regular help may bolster. I do respond well to, to mentorship if they match my values and my style. Remain positive as his manager. Keep an upbeat and encouraging tone. His stabilizing nature prefers positivity and harmony. So if you're a manager and you're pushing, go, you got to be better. You got to do better. You guys are losers. Don't, you don't want to be a loser. You want to do this. You're going to lose people like me. Now that's cool. If you don't want people like me in your organization, but I bring a lot to an organization that values the things that I value, man, I think this stuff is just unbelievably powerful. And this went way longer than I thought, but I think if you hung in here with me, you're pulling some really good nuggets out of this little experiment but we're done. Congratulations, you made it. So here's some use cases that I think are really powerful for using Claude.ai and uploading a disk profile. I think it can help you find your genius zone. I think you can ask it questions about how to motivate you. Right. So what is it? What are my strong suits? What's my genius zone? And I highly encourage you to go to Perry Marshall's, go back in the video, get the DNA marketing DNA test and combine the marketing DNA test with the disc profile. And I think you can just do some unbelievable things. I think you can find your way out of a rut for coaching and management like Tim Davis does. Use this on your members, have them take the marketing DNA test, have them take the disc profile and then and go in there and, and really create a, a program, dig in deep, understand, use these AI models to analyze and assess these assessments and these reports to figure out how to better coach or how to better manage your team. You can improve productivity by appealing to an individual's strengths and their preferred communication styles. And you can improve communications with your team by communicating with your team on their level, the way that they like to be communicated with as individuals, not as a... As as a dictator just assuming that everybody's just gonna 
follow your, follow the instructions that you bark at them every single day, make more money, be more productive. Don't be a loser. You're going to lose certain people by doing that. And it's cool if that's your management style, but I would recommend that you don't allow people like me in your organization if that is your style. So not only can you improve communications, you can improve your team so that your communication style matches the personality of your team so that you can get you can get better results out of them. Man, I would love your feedback on this. Please feel free to reach out to me. I've had some really great introductions recently of people that are watching my content and and they the way that I approach these things is resonating with people. So if this resonates with you, please like, share, subscribe to the my YouTube channel, connect with me on social media. I'm really only on Facebook and LinkedIn. I do have a profile on Instagram and Twitter, but I don't go there. Brainstorm with me for use cases on AI. Drop it in the comments. The if you've noticed, if you've watched if you've watched some of my some of my episodes here you'll notice that that like all of this stuff i'm making this up on the fly and you're seeing me you're watching me process this stuff in real time and and so i love use cases i love being challenged hey scott what would you do with this um hey scott how can you do this this qr code is actually to a calendar link where you can schedule a 30 minute conversation with me i do offer consulting and i do i do speaking to groups about this AI and and how I approach it. Again, I don't think I'm doing it the right way. I just think I'm doing it the way I would do it. And I one of the things that I always say about coaching and things like that is so many people aspire to be like someone else. And it's called keeping up with the Joneses. But what I've always said is if you try to keep up with the Joneses, your best case scenario is you become a Jones. Don't be a Jones, be you, be yourself. Use my perspective to help broaden your perspective and tailor this information. Again, my goal here is to teach you how to fish, demystify this stuff, take the mystery out of it. It's not complicated. Just interact with it the way that you would normally interact with things. And hopefully we can spark an idea. We can spark some innovation and some creativity and we can, we can put really cool stuff out into the world and hopefully we can help people. So I hope this was helpful. This was a really fun experiment for me. I'd love to get your feedback on this and we'll see you next time. Thank you.